We don't have to sing. Let's not. Oh, hello, gentle listener. Welcome to Hot Drinks. Before... I'm fucking drunk. God damn it. Like and subscribe. Here's the thing, you guys. <laughs> We're poor. Both of us. Both of us are very poor. I'm a single mom. You're a single I'm mom. a single dad. I'm a single mom. <clears throat> you have a shitty ex-husband who... Okay. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So... He's great. He's great, you guys. He's great. His name's Gary. It's so... Um, but, but, the point but, is... But we're poor. And so we're trying to make money off of you. Right. And we do that through if tears. I, if I could make money through selling whole picks, I would. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. Would you really? I mean, if I really thought there was a market for it, yeah, but I don't think there's um, a There's a market for, a market for whole picks. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Anyway. The holes in Jesus' hands? Those picks? <laughs> the anyway, holes put there so by the So we have tears, not T-E-A-R-S, the tears I cry each night as I think about how lonely I am. <laughs> but, but tears. Tears. T-E-I-R-S. Levels. Right. Think layers. Think of a cake stand with seven or eight levels. Right. Tears. Or layers. <laughs> Pate. Patreon provides that type of situation. If you have an artist or or maker that you want to create, you want to support, Patreon is a great way to support the work they're doing. Hi, gay. We do We do that. And we have tears. We do. We're not going to go through all the tears. We're not going to go through It'll the tears. It'll make the ads seven minutes long. The last ads were seven minutes long, and we got a lot of complaints. Just, Just kidding. No oh, one my ever, God. No one ever wrote it. I was no one so ever wrote nervous. it. I got complaints in my heart. Just I complained know. to myself. Just no. I am my own bully. Just <laughs> bully? I'm my own bully. Bully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bully, not bully. bully. I'm my own bully. 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 Oh, there you bully. go. Bully. You got it. Let's just say that the tears range from the bottom rung, which is the Lord, celestial, kingdom. celestial kingdom, to the glory of Justin Thoreau's gray sweatpants. Yeah. So. so what you do is you go to patreon.com. <laughs> Sister Twain's eating some crusty bread right now. You go to patreon.com slash hot drinks. Uh-huh. And you make a monthly pledge. Uh-huh. It could be a dollar a month. But we kind of make fun of you if it's a dollar a month. But look. It can be up to $20 a month. It, it can be up to $50 a month, adds actually. Up and it, it helps adds up. us. Yeah. Even if you can only give a dollar or $3 or whatever. And there are little bonuses that occasionally we deliver on. <laughs> yes. We're not yes. very consistent. Yeah, no. But we do our best. We're not. But we do our best. We do our best. You give because you can. And for the price um, of a cup of coffee. For the price of a cup of coffee, <laughs> you can support two alcoholic single parents. <laughs> As they record a podcast where they say fucking cunt a lot. (laughs) So anyway, patreon.com slash hot drinks. Hot drinks with an A. Become a member. You can be an annual member. You just pay once. You just write one check. You get a discount. You get out your checkbook. It's in your billfold. And if you become an annual member, if you visit us in Salt Lake, we will perform uh, manual sex on you. (laughs) Just just kidding. We won't. (laughs) We can't we can't promise that. That prostitution's illegal. Anyway, this is the end of the ad. Anyway, ads over. <laughs> Patreon.com slash hot drinks. Back to the episode. Back to you, coffee. We're here. We're here at We're Queer. <laughs> for the fourth episode of 2021. What? I mean, maybe we've done more than maybe that. But we really seven. we really do like one every six to eight weeks at this point. 
Uh, we're doing our best. We are, you guys. Quit sending in those angry emails. We appreciate you. Yeah, no, they sent, I'm saying quit sending the angry emails about us not recording. There, are they? No, of oh, course not. Okay. No, it was a joke. I'm See, that just, was part of the gap. I'm sorry. Listen. I'm struggling. Can you explain yourself today? <laughs> so, um, Latter-day Twaint. Hi, welcome to Hot Drinks. Hi, I'm well, Brother Jack is... Coffee. You're Latter-day Twaint. <laughs> this is a podcast. It's, yes, we talk Ear about. Holes, Mormons. We talk about a lot of things. We We're not going to change it up. No. No. Anyway, um. <laughs> I'm all over the place because, because I had a day off today right. and it's evening now, but I decided about 1 p.m., maybe 1.30 to have a gummy, which is 10 milligrams THC, no CBD, and it was the sativa strain. And so um, I was in and out of lucid dreaming all day, <laughs> very, very stony baloney. Yeah. And I'm coming down from it now, but I'm not normal. No, I'm not 100%. And to contrast that, yeah. I was at work all day. I got home. I made dinner for my kids. I had a glass of wine. Anytime I have a glass of wine with dinner, I am like exhausted. <laughs> like once dinner's over, mm-hmm. I am like so tired I might die. As you should. So I took a short nap. Okay. Before yeah. I, and we're at Sister Twain's today. So I took a short nap before I came Ooh. to Sister Twain's. Yeah. And so then I got here and I'm like sitting in the on the couch like so um, when we record tonight. And Sister Twain is literally like twitching and zooming. like zooming around her house and cleaning and putting things up. And then she at one point she brings out some olive tapenade and she goes I bought this for us. I don't have anything to put it on. And then she like zooms away and I'm like it's okay I'm not very hungry. So then she's Zooms back in and grabs the olive top and on and zooms back to the kitchen. So <laughs> anyway, not, that's the energy. How am I not in a relationship? I mean, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want to say about relationships. Oh, shit. I okay. made dinner for my kids tonight. It was nothing fancy. It was some baked potatoes, some flat iron steaks. My God. It was da goddamn licious. <laughs> it was so good. Uh-huh. And my kids were fine. Like, my kids are never very enthusiastic about what I make for dinner They because they just want to eat, like, chips and McDonald's. And so they're always like, okay, thanks. Yeah. And and I was sitting there eating it by myself and thinking, I, like, if someone could just break through the walls of internal hatred yeah. and Meaning homophobia right. of my internal hatred, and you're, I'd no, make I, a great, I, someone should wife me up. If someone came along and could heal you and fix you. Right. Which is exactly the opposite of what. Of how this works. <laughs> Yes, thank but you. But if they wifed me up, made a fucking great dinner. Yeah. Anyway. And then you'd go in your room mm-hmm. because you'd have separate rooms. Yeah. Because you're terrified of sharing a space. Right. And you just curl up into the fetal position. Right. And hope that when they come in to do their business, you're drunk enough to just go with it. Wow. That's really <laughs> depressing. That's not, I'm actually quite affectionate. Well, I know. You are. I'm, it's. Tell I, me. Anyway, um, okay. <clears throat> what are we drinking tonight? Do you remember what it's called? No, I thought you had bought canned, like, iced coffee. Because mm-hmm. it said something about, like... Nitro. Nitro cream. And I was like, oh, this is fancy coffee, but it's beer. It is the Mother Earth Brewing Company's Cali Creamin. It's really good. And we, I got the nitro version, which is the virgin... Virgin? Which oh. is the version... Where you have to turn the can upside down three right. times and then open it and pour hard. Pour hard. That's what it said on the can. Um, it's delicious. It just tastes like a, 
Uh, it's not very sweet. It's not too sweet. No. It's on the sweeter side for beer, it's, but it tastes like a cream soda somewhat. Listen, anytime, okay. anytime people are like, try this bitter-ass beer, <laughs> I'm just like, nobody likes this. This is not good. No one actually thinks this tastes good. So I'm not a big beer drinker, but this is delicious. I could not find this in Utah until just this year. Was it at the grocery store or at the liquor grocery store? Grocery store. Oh, great. Yeah. You can get Krabbies at the grocery store now, which is the oh. alcoholic ginger beer. I didn't think about that because it's 5%. Fucking delicious. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Because, <clears throat> um, yeah. you know, in Utah, our liquor is sold at the liquor stores and that and only like beers with a five or less ABV could be sold at right. the grocery store. And it was like up until three years ago. It no, it was, was like, a, wasn't it like last year? Or maybe, yeah, 2.3. Right before COVID, I yeah. think. 2.3 yeah, is right all with, you could get in the grocery right. store. And then I, oh, I really think the only reason that Utah changed it a lot, because I heard an artic, a news story about this, <laughs> there were literally like two or three places in the country still that, could, that would only sell that low of an alcohol right. beer because they weren't making it. and so yeah well and so like big beer companies like Budweiser and whatever were like listen we're gonna stop making this beer because it's not worth it for right. us to make it for three states yeah. so if you want to continue to sell our product you have to allow us to sell a right. higher alcohol beer right and so I think that's why Utah changed the laws so they had to adapt due to the socioeconomic situation happening there right kind of sounds like a dominant religion in the area <laughs> hey oh, oh. Okay. Um, so what are your comings and blowings this week, Sister Twain? My comings and blowings, which is, you know, our business, it's business time right now, is two things. The first thing is, um, last weekend we were with some friends. Right. Not for the weekend, but an evening. Right. And I made two different gazpachos. Right. Gazpacho is a cold summer soup. Right. You don't cook it at all. You literally chop up specific vegetables and put them in a blender and blend the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. You, uh, nine times out of ten, every recipe, you're going to include some red wine vinegar or sherry vinegar. So it's got a little bit of, you know, some, uh, the pH. Some acid. Important. Yes, thank you. The, some, the pH. <laughs> I like that your so. marijuana riddled brain <laughs> could not think of the word acid, but could think of the pH. <laughs> you know, it's that thing. You got to get the pH right. <laughs> So I made a traditional tomato gazpacho. Delicious. Tomato and cucumber are the base. And then you add like in kind of like different things. Shallots, garlic, onion, red onion. Right. And then I made... (laughs) It has onion, shallots, and red onion. And red onion. Those are three different kinds of Well, no, the traditional one did not have the shallots. The second one I made had shallots and cantaloupe. It was good. And among other things, as well as yog- plain yogurt, so it was a creamy gazpacho. And then you crisped up some prosciutto. Yes. And put that right on top. Yeah, everybody got a chunk of prosciutto. It was good. Yes, and then we sprinkled it with green onion? I don't remember. I was very drunk. We- <laughs> I was a little tipsy, which means very drunk <clears throat> for me. Um, so I've just been into it because it's like... All the vegetables are, like, fresh right now. Right. They're in harvest and right. season. In harvest. God, my brain. And um, <laughs> and all I have to do is chop it up, blend it up, and drink it, and I get my vitamins. Your vitamins. My vitamins. It was delicious. I say more gazpachos, everyone. And that's the end yeah. of the episode. <laughs> it's just... We just thought this week would be a short episode where we just touched... We just touched briefly on gazpachos. And the five ingredients. Not any real recipes or, like... <laughs> We didn't, want to, we didn't want to do, like, serious gazpacho content. It was more like a gazpacho recommendation. Oh, my God. 
what's your coming and blowing? I have well, another one, but we'll go back and forth. Well, before like before I share my coming and blowing, I want to point out we're recording at your house tonight. Yeah. And when I came over, mm-hmm. you said, oh, the girls are in the backyard with Lady, which is the name of their dog. Yeah, yeah. But I thought you said with a lady. With a lady. The girls are in the backyard with a lady. Just <laughs> in passing. Just nonchalant. And then, and then later you were like, oh, I can hear him back there yelling at a lady. And it just... <laughs> I just imagine your girls in the backyard just yelling at some lady lady. that's back there. Anyway, um, so what I'm not going to do for my comings and blowing is recommend things to you because I was given feedback by a gentle listener that they don't like it when I recommend books. They're sick of it. They don't want to hear about the books I'm reading, the TV shows I'm watching. They don't fucking care. But guess what? It's one of the mountain people. So they don't fucking care. So, um, So I also have two comings and blowings. The first one. A friend of mine had sent me a recipe for a cocktail for a, co- I believe it's called an Island Bird. And it was an article that said, like, why the Island Bird is the 2021 summer cocktail, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's, ba- it's basically like rum, Campari, Campari pineapple juice, um, something else. Anyway, it's delicious. Oh, my God. So my friend sent me this recipe, and I wanted to try it. I don't usually drink a lot of rum, so I don't know a lot about rum. Mm-hmm. I usually just buy Bacardi because when I was in uh, Puerto Rico a few years ago, I toured the Bacardi factory, which was great. Is that where you learned about the... Cu- <laughs> Hang on. It's the... Cuba Libre? Cuba Libre? Yes! Yes, that's where I learned about that. Okay. Because it can, by law, it can only be called a Cuba Libre if you use Bacardi, which is a rum and coke. I love that. Anyway, love um, so I was like, and it said to use Jamaican rum. So I was like, oh, well, okay, I don't know. So I'm kind of Googling, like, you know, what are the best Jamaican rums? And I don't want to spend too much. And also, like, the Utah liquor stores have very limited selection. So it's kind of like, what do they have here that's on this list that's not too expensive? Yeah. And there was a there was a rum, and I cannot for the life of me remember what it's called, but I remember it has a nickname in Jamaica that's like Uncle Whitey's or something. Oh, my God. And they said, this is the most popular rum in Jamaica. And I was like, oh, perfect. I'll get that one. It's the most popular. And then I was looking at it, and it was only 63 ABV. And I was like, well, that's really weird. Like, I didn't think that... Um, I didn't think like a rum could be that low of an alcohol content. That seems weird, but whatever. It'll be with Campari and some other things. Well, oh no. Then I got home. Um, or no, I thought it was said it was 63 proof. I'm sorry. I'm telling this backwards. It's 63 ABV, which means it's 126 proof. Because <laughs> proof is okay. double what the AV, ABV is. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, so if something is 80 proof, it means it's 40% ABV. Jesus. So I thought this was 63 proof, which would make it like 30-something ABV. So I thought, well, that seems kind of low for a liquor, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Oh, no, it's 63 ABV. (laughs) So it's 126 proof. Oh, my God. But you can't find it. What? Have you found it? No, that's That's the one I bought. Oh, that's the one you bought. Yeah, because I just grabbed it. And I was like, oh, good. This is on the list. And it was like 20 bucks. And then I got home and I was looking at it. And I was like, oh, this is not 63 proof. Right. This is 63 ABV. ABV. And I made the cocktail and it will and it will burn your butthole right off <laughs> when you drink it. it. I mean, anyway. So if you ever want to come to my house and just get like so <laughs> shit-faced that you can't see straight. I love it. I've got the Uncle Whitey's yeah, or whatever it's called. The, uh, so anyway. It just sounds so wrong. It's It honestly is like really tasty. Like it does have. Cause I guess name. I guess. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, I guess Jamaican rum is like aged in some kind of barrels or whatever. So it's quite tasty. But it like literally like when you drink it, you can feel like your nose hairs burning out of your nose. Remember when we first started hanging out when I moved to Salt Lake? And every time we got together, 
every single time for probably two years. We would drink every time. Right. Unlike now. But we... (laughs) Just kidding. We would also mention how wonderful it was to drink. I love just drinking. Don't you just love being an adult, finally, mm-hmm. and just having a drink at the end of the night? I... What? I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Um, what's your name? Wow. 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 No, I can't. But okay. I, but I agree with you, and I do think sometimes <clears throat> Mormons seem like pretend adults. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. And I'll share more offline. Great. Um, oh. What's your my next other, coming and blowing? My other coming and blowing is this. I have mentioned this on here before, but that I am mentioning something new about it. The current fantasy series that I'm reading, which is fairy-based. Okay. Okay. Um, the first one that I'm super-duper obsessed with even more, the From Blood and Ash one mm-hmm. that I've got some listeners to listen to, um, is not... Uh, there's no fairies in it, but there's like... It's based on the uh, Atlantis a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, but it's also got, like, shape-shifting and people who drink blood, but they don't need it to live. They just need it for... Just think it's fun. For vitamins or whatever. Right. Anyway. Right. I, <laughs> like, no, we don't need it to live. It's very high in vitamin C. <laughs> anyway, the current one that I'm reading, the series is called A Court of Thorn and Roses. And it's just been announced well this was a month ago or so that it was announced it's going to be developed for a series on hulu oh by ronald moore oh really who wrote and produced wrote for and produced battlestar galactica the new like the the new one outlander yes and the current and for all mankind mankind. on apple tv yes Right now, you know, one of the, our gentle listeners is like, the fucking fuck. I don't fucking care what they oh, recommend. I know, I but anyway. Know. <laughs> she's, she's throwing her phone across her fairy garden. Um, also, what I love about it is that, that this person who will remain nameless is like the <laughs> sweetest, nicest person on earth. And I love to imagine her listening to this being like, Jesus fucking oh, Christ. I've, I told them not to fucking listen to I've it. I've seen that girl get sassy, though. Oh, I'm sure. I'm oh, sure. yeah. And I get nervous. Oh, okay. Yeah. The other day when we were planning on recording, anyway, there was kind of a miscommunication between us and Sister Twain messaged me. I know. It's never (laughs) happened. And Sister Twain messaged me and said, all I need to know is if you're coming over to record or if I'm going to make jewelry and listen to fairy porn. Yes. Yes. That's the other thing about the series. fairy porn. That's the other thing about the series. It's like Game of Thrones got tons of sex in it. Uh Uh-huh. And I mean, like... He was so big that he was nervous he was going to hurt me. And I said, I don't care. And he said, but I do. You know, it was sweet. (laughs) Okay, my last one, real quick. Because we're, uh, my last one, real quick, because we got to get a break in. I know. For the sponsors. (laughs) Um, So, purple mattress or whatever. You know, um, it's not our Lord and Savior, Dolly Parton. What does Dolly Parton have an honorific? We're recording, little twaint. Um, <laughs> she came in with big, giant eyes. Um, Dolly Parton's the Holy Ghost. Anyway, so do, the Holy Ghost Dolly Parton. Do you know she's married? Yeah. She has a husband named Carl. Yeah. They've been married for f- 50 years. He stays in the shadows. No one sees him. No. Anyway, which is like, shout out, like, like more people keeping their husband in the shadow for 50 years. Like, more of that. But anyway. <laughs> it was Carl's birthday this week, and Dolly posted something on her Instagram. Mm-mm. Where 
many, many years ago, Dolly posed on the cover of Playboy. She didn't pose in Playboy. They wanted her to, but she said no. Yeah. She posed on the cover, and Carl really liked it. And it's not even, like, a very provocative picture. It's just her no, kind of in the bunny. bunny yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. And so she dressed in the bunny thing again and took a – and basically, like, did a photo shoot in the bunny thing and then took a photo of – and then kind of mounted it in a frame with the original picture from Playboy uh-huh. whenever back then. And then the new picture of her in the bunny outfit. And she's 97 years old. <laughs> she's not that old. She's like 72. But um, but anyway, she did a big Instagram where she talked about posing in this picture for Carl. And Carl loved this original picture. It was the most delightful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I saw it. And then there's a photo of her in the bunny suit holding up the picture to Carl. And all you can see is the back of Carl's head because we don't know what Carl looks like. <laughs> And I was like, this picture belongs in the Louvre. Like, hang this in the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Anyway, it was the most delightful thing. And I just thought, I love her. Like, conservatives love her. And here she is talking about posing in Playboy for her husband. Anyway, she's amazing. I know. Oh, by the way, I just remembered it was fresh thyme leaves that we sprinkled on the cantaloupe gazpacho. So this week, I was top five uh, Dolly Parton songs. Number one, (laughs) Islands in the Stream. Anyway. That's not, but it could be. Kenny fucking Rogers. He's still oh. alive, right? I don't know. I don't care. He's uh, <laughs> not posing in Playboy. I don't know. I don't care. So, I, those I, are. Do you have any other comings and blowings? Uh, uh, not that I can think of. So, tonight for our top five, we are recording our most requested episode ever. I, b- the people me. have been clamoring, <laughs> the people have been screaming for this. <laughs> People stop us on the street mm-hmm. and and yell at us and tell us that this is what we should record. Happened to me today. I was in a back alley. Yeah. Bent, and then, bent and, over, getting <laughs> pounded. And someone, and someone, and someone was like, excuse me, miss. Yeah. And, and what is that topic? Because I don't actually remember. The topic is, you don't have to know musical theater to appreciate this top five. Subtitled, or top five 90s musical moments. 90s? musical moments yes this is really why all my all my gay heart has ever wanted <laughs> so let's take a break and then we're going to get into top five 90s musical gay moments take a break. wait they're not gay they can be that's a delicious tapenade is it well it's called <clears throat> casablanca market Tapenade. I got it at Harmon's. Well, <laughs> we felt like the sound quality was too good in the first segment. What with phones going off and the fan <laughs> in the background. So for this episode, for this segment, we're eating crusty bread. Yes. With butter and tapenade. <laughs> anyway. Maybe together, maybe separate. They're good together. Okay. FYI. Okay. Okay. So we're talking about the top five. 90s musical moments. Can I share a little 90s musical moment story before we begin? Right. That I've shared 17 times on this podcast. Yes, but can I ask a question? Yeah. To enjoy this episode, do you need to know about musicals? Oh, God, no. Okay, good. No. Just like you don't have to know about Mormons, you don't have to know about Henry Cavill. You know? It's all fun, no matter yes, what. Yes, that's right. Hey, go. What okay. was the story you wanted to tell? Well, I just want to say, so I went to high school in the 90s. I graduated in 95. Mm-hmm. I went on my Mormon mission in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I was a little faggette <laughs> that hated myself. <clears throat> and I fucking loved musicals. Mm-hmm. Loved them. Mm-hmm. They were like 
I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but they were like this gateway to this other world. Anyway, yeah. and I would, and I, yes, and I've never said that. I, I mean, this is the thing I've said a million times, but I would never listen to them in front of other people or talk to people about them. Mm-hmm. I guess I did a little bit in my like theater friends, but I was very, like, I would never like put them on in the car when my other friends were in the car, you know, because uh-huh. I, because then people might know. Right, right. They might figure it out. Right. Anyway, that's all. Just wanted to say that. Well, also, I want to point out that I didn't know you were a Dolly gay until two years ago. Oh, because I never play Dolly. Is that right? Is that something you kind of yeah, keep on I, the wraps? No, it's no. The thing is, I don't. I don't keep any of it on the wraps now. But I still. I have. I trained myself for so many years to not to be like embarrassed about my music taste. So I just never talk about my music taste, even okay. though I don't really care. Right. Like, I don't care if people... I mean, I will tell people I listen to Dolly. It's just habitual. But if someone's like, oh, turn some music on, I would never turn on Dolly Parton. <clears throat> I'd be like, play something cool, Siri, like Billie Eilish. You know, I would try to choose something <laughs> that, like... and no the, one's there. Yeah, the, the cool kids listen to. <laughs> I would never be like, play Rita McIntyre <laughs> Essentials. Sorry. Sister Twain just spilled her drink. Oh, my God. She was too frantically eating the bread. We're going to take a brief pause. <laughs> We're back. We're, and we're back. We spilled We spilled a drink. Well, and by we, I mean Sister Twain. Sister Twain did. Maybe you heard me scream. I'm, I think they did. <laughs> it's the nature of recording. <laughs> you mean the magic? The magic of recording. They hear the audio of what it's happened. Charm. So anyway, I think that you spilling a drink was a sign from the universe that was like, quit talking about your sad life as a young faggot. Right. And we're just moving on I to... Love it. Number one. Our number one. So what's your number one 90s musical moment? <clears throat> okay. I hope this isn't boring. My, my number one isn't boring for anyone, but... It's never stopped us before. <laughs> okay. Um, when I... Was in the 90s. Wait, that's what the whole point is. (laughs) So, let's start. When I was three years old, I lived lived in Pont Neuf, Louisiana, with my Mima. Mima is a French word for grandma that that we use in Louisiana. I think in French it's actually Mimon. So, we were in Pont Neuf, where we lived... This, this was in 1978. I'm going to get to the 90s soon. I'm working my way there. I can't breathe. Okay, I have irritable syndrome. Bowel syndrome? Larynx. Oh, lar- yeah. Larynx. Okay. <clears throat> so in the 90s, musicals. When I started dating my gay ex-husband, Gary. Right. That won't be a surprise to anyone. Which was in the 90s, probably, right? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, we were dating in 96. Um, got married in 97. Great. Um, he was telling me how, at the time, his favorite musical was Miss Saigon. Right. And right. so, um, one day, uh, the two of us were driving around, going places together. Um, we were just dating at this point, and it included a drive up to Salt Lake. Um, and so we had plenty of time in the car, and right. he said, I want to play the Miss Saigon soundtrack for you. While you give me a handy. No. No, no that wasn't happening. Okay. No, thank you for that. Um, and I was like, okay. And I really, I had this thing about myself back in those days where I would push back internally when people tried to like 
turn me on to something new that okay. they loved right. and I didn't ask for it. Right. And they're like, sit down, I need to tell you about this right. and, and make you listen to it. Um, Have you heard of this Armenian singer, for example? Oh. <laughs> Uh, Kazakhstani. Kazakh singer, yes. Um, Kaz- Kazakh. Anyway. And so he would explain the plot that would happen in between songs and stuff like Sounds that. Sounds so romantic. And I was <laughs> absolutely taken a breath. No. Taken a... Taken back? Taken... Taken a back? A br- you were gobsmacked? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I thought it was beautiful. Oh, okay. Um, I stopped, push, I stopped pushing back against it probably halfway through. And it was. That's a, what you said on your wedding night, too. And so. <laughs> anyway. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Quick stop. synopsis of Miss Saigon. Oh, God. Okay. It's super problematic now. Yeah. Is there is a brothel in 1960s Saigon. Right. Where American GIs would go to get their rocks off, right. their jollies. Right. Um, and with all these Vietnamese girls. Yes. And there was one in particular who fell in love with this one on her first night. And she was, and of course he was the first man she'd ever been right. with. And her name was Miss Saigon. And it was. <laughs> her name was Tiffany Saigon. <laughs> and <clears throat> they fall in love that night. We know now it's a trauma. It was a trauma bond. Right. Right. Um, anyway, and he gets her pregnant but we don't know that until well, well, well into the musical. Right. But what happens right before intermission is that all the Americans have to evacuate Saigon. Right. And um, Kim, who is the main character. The Tiffany Saigon. Tiffany Saigon. <laughs> when we write a musical, can we call it Tiffany, Tiffany Saigon? Saigon. My life as an ex-Mormon. Okay. Um, And she was supposed to get on the helicopter with him at the embassy, but she didn't make it because there were all these Vietnamese trying to push through the gate to get... get, Yeah, to get taken out of Saigon. They do... The stagecraft of this scene is as if there is a helicopter overhead. No, there is. When I saw it, there was. A real helicopter. No. I mean, it wasn't a real helicopter. Right, right, right. But it was a prop helicopter. I, I thought... But it came down from above the stage. Did it? Yeah. I thought it was just the sound and lights. I mean... And it was I, done so effectively. I could be totally wrong, but I remember so, there being a real helicopter. But maybe it was just that and, effective. And the light would flash, and the scene would flip. Like, the stage would spin around and flip, and you'd see the back of the fence where right. all the people were trying to get through, and Kim trying right. to get through. Right. Anyway, she doesn't get through. No. He goes back to America, finds Carol. Is it her Carol? Na- I don't remember. And her name is Carol Milwaukee. <laughs> She's from Milwaukee. And at some point finds out he's got to go back because he has a child. Right. Which is called a buidoy. <laughs> the dust of life. Yeah. We're not going to get into that again. So anyway, that was like my introduction to musicals. Beyond My Fair Lady, the movie, Grease, the movie, right. West Side Story, the movie. I think what people should need to understand about 90s musicals, as opposed to some of those other musicals from the 60s yeah. or 70s, uh-huh. is 90s musicals had a real earnestness about them. <laughs> yeah. A real intensity. Like, 
babies in Saigon. Yeah. Like it was, that's what we were singing about. The, we're not singing about beauty school dropout. No, 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 no. It's a real fucking intensity. No fluff pieces. No. It was the music drives the emotion. It dictates what you're supposed yeah, to feel. It was dramatic. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and so then. Did you guys make out after you listened to the soundtrack? I don't think so, but okay. we did make but out a lot. You've blocked all that out. Of course I have. Okay. But. Also, I love the idea of making out after Miss Saigon. I guess it's kind of a love story, but it's a very tragic, fucked very, up love story. Very fucked up. Yeah. So, to put a little button on this, when I went to New York to visit Gary, my gay ex-husband, when he was doing an internship at the Manhattan Theater Club, um, we went to see it. Amazing. And it was my first Broadway musical oh, experience. There you go. Yeah. Everyone remembers and that. Blew me the fuck away. Yeah. My number one is also about my first Broadway musical experience. Mm. So, in 1994, I think, or mm-hmm. three, four. So, you're still in high school. I'm still in high school. So, I went with my, I went on a class trip to New York, probably over the summer, but honestly, I don't remember with my high school. Provo High? Yeah. What? Um, we went with my theater teacher and her gay husband. Who just passed away. Uh-huh. R.I.P. Uh-huh. Um, they divorced. But anyway. Um, so the first show we saw on Broadway was Damn Yankees. Which, without giving a long synopsis, is an old 50s, 50s or 60s musical that's the story of a, a man who wants his, um, his baseball team, the Washington Senators, to win so badly he sells his soul to the devil and becomes like the best player ever so he can lead his team to a championship. Mm-hmm. But he's like an old man who's married and so he has to kind of leave his wife. And anyway, when I saw that show, I feel like I've talked about this before, it, the devil was played by Victor Garber. Victor motherfucking Garber. Oh, my God. And I just think I had no idea. Like, I think I was like, oh, that's that one guy from that one movie or something. Alias. Yeah. Oh, well, no, Alias, alias haven't come out yet. yet. And, the, and, the, and the temptress, because the devil... So they, they, they make a deal that if he cheats, like, if he remains true and faithful, he'll get to become his old self again. But if he cheats, then he will remain in this younger body and the devil gets his soul forever. And so then the devil sends a temptress named Sounds Lola perfect. to yeah. seduce him. Yeah. And, the, and Lola, and Lola what was Lola played wants, Lola by, gets. and it was played by BB, your motherfucking new world. Oh my God. Anyway. Before she did the reboot of Chicago. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. But I was like, who anyway, but my, but I feel like it was a moment where my little gay heart was given wings. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> one of the very first songs in the show is a song called goodbye old girl. Where Joe, this character, it's, it starts out with him as an old man, and, and it's when he's made the deal with the devil, and his old lady wife has gone to bed, and he's singing, he's singing this sort of, like, really sweet kind of lullaby song to her, you know, of, like, goodbye, old girl, my old girl, because he's singing about how he's going to leave to go save the baseball team. Right. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Anyway, then the devil's like, we got to go. And he comes and he busts through the door. And then he has turned into a strapping young man from an old man. Mm. And then he goes, and now you're Joe. And he does some real belting. <laughs> anyway, my gay, my gay heart did not know what had happened. <laughs> when he was like, and now your Joe has to go. And it was a lot. Yeah. Anyway. Joe DiMaggio? Well, no, his name was Joe. Oh, okay. But he, but he turned from the old man into a young man. Okay. First of all, I could not 
imagine the scene craft, the stagecraft where he went through a door and was an old man and then was a young man when he came out. Uh-huh. Blown away. Wow. And then he belts those notes again, very earnest. And now you're Joe! Like that kind of earnest. Oh, anyway. It was the 90s. It was the 90s. And it was Broadway, baby. Changed my fucking life. Okay. Anyway. Who did you go with? Oh, you went with your class. I went with my class. Was CJ there? No. No. I did have one friend. Never mind. I'm not even going to tell that story. Oh, that's, that's the, theme the of second this one tonight. That's the theme of this episode. Okay. But no, just All this. Right. It was that moment of like little queer me. And then this, and then this old man turns into this hot young man, and he's belting and and and, the, and stage magic and. Oh. I became gay that night. And then- <laughs> that was one of the gayest moments of my life. That was, maybe that was the gayest moment it, of my life. I could just see you like knitting. Yeah. Wearing a apron. The and second gayest moment of my life was when someone put their penis in my butt. <laughs> but the first gayest moment of my life. Was when that old man turned into that young man and belted. And then in a few minutes, Victor Garber and B.B. Newworth came on the stage. And then, That's the gayest moment of and, my life. And every nerve in your body was on fucking alert. Was screaming, fuck it! <laughs> anyway, you guys, I've reclaimed that word so I can say it. But please don't say it. I hope I'm not making you uncomfortable. Right. Fuck it. Say it. Okay. Anyway, do you want, let's do our number two. Because the breaks are for us. They're not for them. Not. And we, I don't need a break. Forget it. All right. So... <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, that same New York trip yes. in the 90s where I saw Miss Saigon. Yes. With Gary, my gay ex-husband. The heat is on in Saigon. Yeah. Um, By the way, if we were good at making podcasts, what we would do is we would edit this and we would put in those clips of the songs. Yeah. Like I would tell about that and then you would hear, but my old girl, now your jaw. We'd hear that. And then we'd come back in. And then we'd, Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to podcast, go, so we're not going to so do that. And so that moment. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway. So. Get on your Spotify, your Apple Music. Look the fuck up yourself. Do a little Google. Yeah. Okay. We're not, your, we're, not your, we're not here to make it easy for you. So that same trip, which was also my first time in New York, and I fell in love with New York City. It's great. I still have a absolute love affair happening with New York City. Right. Um, I may live there one day. Maybe. Under the subway. And I'll I mean visit. literally under a subway train. Right. So, um, <clears throat> we went to see Les Mis. Right. So. It's like a requirement. It's legally required. I, I had, when you've never seen it. Right. It's legally required. I, I, it was in the 90s. I had It was required by right, law. Right. I yeah. hadn't listened to the music yet, I don't think, even. Because, oh, really? Because my mom grew raised me on the old Hollywood musicals right. and, and didn't have a, her finger on the pulse of current musicals at all. I want to say, and I know most of our listeners know this, but in the 90s, there was no internet. Right. So if you wanted right. to listen to the music of Les Mis, yeah. you had to either go buy the album somewhere. Right. There were CDs, <sighs> so you could buy the CD, or you could like maybe check out the CD from the library. Right. Or you saw them on tour in your city. Yeah, there was not, it wasn't just like, oh, Les Mis, I've never heard that. Click, 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 Les Mis is playing. Oh, yeah, yeah, a new musical. I'll just right. turn it on right, right. fucking so now. So it's not that weird. It's not that weird that right. you had not ever heard this music. No, and so we went to see it. Because, A, as you said, it's a requirement, but B, um, the girl playing Eponine was a girl 
that had gone to BYU. Oh, that, yes. That my gay ex-husband knew. I didn't know because she was a little bit older. Right. Um, last name Riggs, but she's not related to like the Riggs. Those Riggs. That, it, right, those right. Riggs, the Orem Riggs. Um, Christina Riggs? Christine Riggs. Anyway. Um, she was fucking Eponine on Broadway. Remember when at the beginning of this we said it doesn't matter if you like musicals? <laughs> All the people who don't like musicals have already turned this yeah, episode off. Yeah, it's off. off. But, but, it's, we were wrong. You okay. do have to kind of like musicals. Listen, so after seeing Miss Saigon, I saw this and was deflated. Mm-hmm. Because, and I didn't know this terminology at the time, but I do now. It was tired. It was the same cast. They'd yeah. probably done hundreds and hundreds yeah, of yeah, runs. Yeah. So That's what tired. I felt after I saw it. Really? Yeah. Everyone's I saw sick it in, of it. I saw it in London for the first time. But then I went home and just started listening to it, and I was like, oh, right. this is good. Just yeah. when you're listening to it, if it's yeah. you with, like, Colm Wilkinson and whatever his name is. Anyway, after the show, my gay ex-husband Gary said, my friend, who plays Eponine, wants to give us a backstage tour. And I was like, Great. oh, my God. So yeah. I had a backstage tour of the Broadway. Right. And it was the... Backstage tour of the Broadway. (laughs) It was the Imperial Theater. It's still there. Yeah. And I saw where they would... The the big giant dresses were like hanging from the ceiling. Right, right, right. From the rafters in the back. back. Wigs were hanging on these dummy heads. And just... uh, It was just crazy. Um, Most actors had already left... You know, they get out of their shit and they want to go drink. They yeah, want to yeah, go yeah. home. They want to go do heroin. Right. Um, <laughs> For legal reasons, that was a joke. Or, or they just want to go home and go to sleep. But anyway, um, so Christina gives us this tour. Christine. Um, Eponine. Right. And she goes, oh, I'll be right back. I got to go take my medicine. And at this point, we were on an empty stage. The barricade is left on the stage right. in between shows. Right. They didn't have anywhere to put it, I guess. And she goes off stage left, and all of a sudden... There you are. Gary's kneeling and proposing. No! (laughs) No! Yeah. No! (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's so good and so awful. I know. And uh, I cried, and I said, yes, that's it. That's my number two. That was a trauma bond. that we saw Miss Saigon the night before. Wow. Oh my God, I love that story so much. When I... <laughs> when I proposed to Tisha, it was not that romantic at all. Oh, really? We'll save that for another episode. Oh, good. Okay. Do you need me to pause the episode so you can say goodbye? Mm-hmm. Little Twain's in here saying goodbye. Do you want to say hello to the listeners? Hello, listeners. <laughs> that was good. We're talking... Don't, ta- we're don't ta- see old. Don't see old. <laughs> Little Twain saw old tonight. She does not recommend. She you guys, they not. go on a beach and then they get old. That's the movie. That's yes. all you need to know. <laughs> M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong was like, listen, there's a beach yeah. and people get old. Yeah. And everyone was like, here's $10 million. Go, you go make that movie. <laughs> okay. I love you. All my children were have been in the house since you've gotten here. All yes, four of my every children. Every single one of them. New York daughter, Lil Twain. Delightful. My trans kid. Right. Timothy. <laughs> okay. Okay, anyway. Picture, picture it. Okay. It's 1994. Oh, the 90s. Still. Okay. <laughs> For a minute, I was like, wait, are we doing a different decade? <laughs> it's 1994. 
Okay. My high school music teacher. Oh. She's in the Tabernacle Choir. Oh, I know. But she drinks coffee and goes to movies on Sunday. We were very, very scandalized by it as young people. <laughs> she goes to the administration of my very Mormon high school and says, <laughs> for the musical next year, I would like to do... Wait, no, this would have been 1993 because this was the year before I was a senior. Okay. For the musical next year, I would like to do Godspell. And they said, oh, what is Godspell? And she said, well, it's kind of a folk retelling of the life of Jesus. And they were like, oh, oh, no. Good heavens, no. Absolutely not. Even though I will say, when I, I saw Godspell in London a few years ago, literally one of the most spiritual experiences of my life. But whatever. Yeah. But, whatever, Mormons. But whatever. So she says, okay, great. Well, then we'll do Once on this Island. So God we did. Damn it. You Once did on it. this you island. Fucking did we it. fucking did it. That was okay to do. So, that was okay. So Once on this Island is uh. a musical that is about it's about French Polynesia where there is kind of a dual class of people. There are the darker kind of native islanders and then there are the then there are the people that are the descendants of the French mixed with the islanders. So it's not even like black and white. It's like black and like lighter brown you know so, and it, and those they are the upper class and it's right. a story about a peasant girl who falls in love with a wealthy boy and blah 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 whatever wow. anyway it's a fantastic musical it was recently redone on broadway tamira gray from uh american idol do you remember her from like season two american idol anyway no. she played asaka the god of death mm. and um oh my god i can't remember his name alex newell played wait Asaka, Mother of the Earth. The God of Death has a different name. But I. But anyway. So, so it's a musical about black people living on an island. And there are lots of lines in the play about, um, about like black and white or like the rich people, their skin was the color of coffee mixed with cream. Like there's a lot of lines about like this sort of dichotomy between the black people, the darker skinned black people and the lighter skinned black people. Yeah. And I remember in the script, oh there is a note that says, if you are performing this musical somewhere where you don't have a, as ethnically diverse of a cast as you might want, here are ways you can change some of these lines so it's more just about class difference and not about skin color difference. Uh -huh. We chose not to use those lines. Oh. We chose to go just with the straight lines about, oh. about the dark-skinned black oh, people oh, no. versus the light-skinned black people. What, what, what? I don't know why, because I didn't make those decisions. I was just a junior in high school. So we did, performed once on this island. Mm -hmm. uh, so the main girl, Timun, was Polynesian. But again, not, anyway, not what this is about. Her parents were played by a Hawaiian girl and an Iranian boy, our friend who's Iranian. And I think, let me think. I think those are the only three people of color who were in the show. Bruce was in it? Yeah, he played her dad. Oh, my God. There was, there was one girl who played her, her the, the main girl is a younger girl. And I don't know, but maybe she's half Puerto Rican or something. <laughs> anyway, those were the people of color. The rest of us were instructed to use a lot of fake tanner. Oh! I'm not kidding. Oh. This is why I can never be on the Supreme Court. Because I basically... <laughs> I basically wore, like, self-tanner in high school to pretend I was a dark-skinned islander. And 
And, and we use these, I, I'm not even going to rep, rep, recreate it because it's so offensive to me now, but we had these like island accents in the show, you know, because we were the people from De Islands, you know? Anyway, so... For fuck's sake. <laughs> this, For fuck's sake. And I just want to say, I'm laughing about it now. I 100% recognize like how incredibly awful and problematic this was that a bunch of like white kids from Provo, Utah thought that they could portray the story of the class struggle between dark skinned black like people in the Caribbean and lighter skinned black people in the Caribbean. A hundred percent recognize that. But, (laughs) but I, but at the time, like I was, you know, seven, like 16, probably. I didn't know. You were a teenager in a cult. So how could you have done any better? So anyway, so we did once on this Island. Okay. The girl who played the goddess of love, Erzuli, uh-huh. was the whitest girl uh, you've ever seen. Of course. The, the literal most white person you've ever encountered in of your course. life. <clears throat> the boy who played Daniel, who was the lighter-skinned black person, was just like a buff white guy. And he would frequently get a boner while they did the <gasps> big love song. Oh, my God. And we were all wearing sort of like kind of harem pants because oh. we were from the islands oh. or something. Anyway, they sang this big love song and he would, we were told, because we were behind him, we were told by people in the audience, he would frequently get a boner while singing that, <laughs> that song. Anyway, why did I tell that story did you, out loud? Did you keep the lines about the, how the skin looks oh, like 100%. coffee. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coffee. Like coffee. You didn't mixed with it. cream. You no, didn't we didn't change any of those chocolate. lines. No, well, there were things, coffee. there were things in the, there were like written suggestions in the script that said, you know, if your cast is not ethnically diverse, then instead of saying they looked like coffee mixed with cream, say right. they were two different, you know, what I don't even remember. But there were there were guidelines for like, here's how to make this not about the color of skin, but more about this kind of cultural cast difference. Right. No, the, we didn't use those. But the reason I We asked were like, that, let's go straight with the color of skin lines. But the reason I asked that is because the Mormon Tabernacle Choir's version version of the lion king and i pass around the coffee and the pumpkin oh, yeah, yeah, pie yeah. is and i pass around the, the cider co- oh, the cider yeah yeah, and yeah. the pumpkin pie because right. i don't want to reference coffee appearance of evil anyway so that was a key 90s musical moment no. where i pretended to be a person of color, and I apologize. I, I do want to say that a few episodes ago, when we talk about Henry Cavill's girlfriend and how that pussy's getting wrecked on a nightly Just basis, like <laughs> drop the phone <clears throat> like that. Yep, yeah. And we were all like, "She seems great." Right. Blah blah blah. Right. The next, well, when Will Twain listened to that episode. I guess, so she sent us this thing. Right. I guess there was some controversy because she... Because she's a model, right? No. Oh. No. She works, in, she's like a producer. She's oh, in production. Okay. Um, I, I guess there was this whole thing where she painted her skin dark. Right. I thought it was like in a modeling thing, but maybe not. Anyway, doesn't matter. Anyway. But the point it. is, don't do that, people. Don't do that. Did she so, group that? Anyway, that was uh, my my junior year musical in high school. Great. And then in my senior year, we did Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, which is a musical about rape and uh, Stockholm Syndrome. Yep. Anyway, let's let's take a break, and then we'll come back with numbers three and four. Three.
The lady's gone, everyone. Um, we're back. It's the 90s. I wanted to add We're talking about musicals. To kind of tie things in, Victor Garber. Oh, God. If any of you are like, who the fuck is that? So Victor Garber was um, Sydney's dad in Alias. Right. That's maybe where you know him from. Yep. If you're not a gay. He was also in Sleepless in Seattle. He's in that scene where... Where he's like, t- uh, a conversation with uh, Tom Hanks, he's like, so it was like deja vu. And Tom Hanks remember. says, it was a very French deja vu. Uh, he was in Legally Blonde. He was in First Wives Club. He was in Milk. He was in Argo. He came out just recently. Really? Yes. By when? Recently meaning when? Like in the last couple years. For, what? Yeah. I feel like I've known he was gay for the last 30 years. Well, it's kind of like when Nathan Lane came yeah, out. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. So anyway, he originated the role of Jesus in Godspell. And, and what played Jesus in the Godspell movie in the 70s. Oh, that's right. Yes. Wait, when I said I saw Godspell in London, did I see Godspell? Oh, I saw Jesus Christ Superstar. I did not see Godspell. Oh, my God. Anyway. Anyway, number three. Your number three Broadway musical moment of the 90s. Do you think anyone's listening right now? <laughs> Still? <laughs> Rachel is the, the OG Rachel. The OG Rachel is... Probably but, Rachel uh, pseudonym. Who's but that's probably it. A trans woman. Um, and, um, oh no, I just thought of someone else who will be. Henry B. and some, if he still listens. Cindy. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. All right. <laughs> we just go down that list just for 30 minutes. Six people. Um, <clears throat> so the third one is Jekyll and Hyde. If ever there was an earnest musical, it's Jekyll and Hyde. So Jekyll and Hyde is a musical about Jekyll and Hyde. Right, right. And it's a musical about uh, Susan B. Anthony. <laughs> so, in the BYU, uh huh, College of whatever Fine Arts, right? Um, College of Queers. There's. The musical theater kids are called the MDTs. They were. Oh, not anymore. I think they stopped like when I was new. When I was at BYU. Anyway, keep going. Music dance theater. Right. So you couldn't major in musical theater at BYU. You music you majored in music dance right. theater. I don't know. And why they were the all sucking cocks. And so every single right. one of them. And there were a couple of people who were stellar at all three. Right. But it was very rare to find someone who could Dance like a motherfucker. Right. Sing like a motherfucker. Fucker, and really act. In theater, we call that a triple threat. Oh, yeah. One time when our friend was dying and I was at an event where they were honoring him, they said, he's what they call in theater a real double threat. <laughs> and we, we laughed. And they were, they were talking about, like, teaching and performing or something. Like, it had nothing right. to do. Did and we laughed for 45 minutes. That's Because that's, yeah, because that's not what it is. That's, and also, a double threat is less than a triple threat. Anyway, oh go ahead. Oh, my God. So... The MD- and if they could really, like, take a dick down the throat, they were a quadruple threat. <laughs> so most of them were at least a triple threat. Right. If you, if many that, were if quadruple. that is yeah. a qualifier. Yeah, many were quadruple. So, okay. Um, Jekyll and Hyde. There was... So every senior, whether you're an acting major or a music dance theater major, 
you um, get a senior project. Right. Well, someone's directing project was to do Jekyll and Hyde. Right. Someone MDT directed right. Jekyll and Hyde. And they do it in what's called the Nelke Theater. It's the experimental right. theater sure. at BYU. Sure. Experimental as far as like, they might say, damn! Right. Right. And pause for everyone in the audience to go. <gasps> yeah. 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 So I Mima went to... is French for. So, God damn it. So anyway, <laughs> um, my gay ex-husband, Gary, right. who I was engaged to at this point. Great. After the Les Mis proposal. Yes. Who was still doing. His... I feel like this has just been a journey through. Like we had the, <laughs> we had the Miss Saigon date it's... at, at India, like up in the hills. It's... I was going <laughs> to. And then we had the proposal at Les Mis, and then we had, yeah, anyway. It's definitely like that. And so it's all intertwined, as they say. But I went to see this senior project. Mm -hmm. Someone had asked me if they would go see it. Or no, someone asked me to see it with them or whatever, you know. Right, right. Uh, Gary, Gig's husband Gary was still in New York in his internship. Right. There I am, a junior at BYU. Was he like blowing dudes in New York? Do you think? No, not then. I don't. No, I don't. Not then. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. But who knows? Who knows? Who and, knows? And I don't care to know. Days and days <laughs> and days. So, this guy, who had been a young ambassador with Gary, Brother Gary Coffee? was a young ambassador. Oh yeah. Oh fuck. In Tapestry, did you ever see Tapestry? Yes. He was the grandpa. I don't remember the so, characters. Okay, do you tell tell the listeners what Young Ambassadors is. The Young Ambassadors <laughs> were the were the the gayest. They would choose the gayest <laughs> members of the musical dance theater program, <laughs> and they would perform Mormon songs around the valley. Well, celebrating the light. Why do I know this? That shines in everyone. I know every word to celebrating the light, which the Young Ambassador is saying. Anyway, anyway, so it was for the most gay of the Young Ambassador. They did scenes from Broadway musicals, and at the end, they bore their testimonies and sang Mormon songs. Right, right. But they were, but, but when they were choosing it, they wanted like the biggest Nelly Bottoms. They wanted the like... (laughs) They wanted the guys that could take like seven loads in a night. They were like, right. who are the gayest of the gays? And that's because of who the producer and director was of Young Ambassadors. Oh. Who's a closeted man. Okay, we'll talk yeah. about that offline. So his name's Randy Booth. It's fine. For, for legal so, reasons, that's anyway. a joke. Cel- Remember Celebrating the Light? The young, Big Young Ambassador Showcase? I, I don't. Okay. It I'm must gonna... have been after my time. Okay. Um. So there was this guy playing the lead, Jekyll and Hyde. Right. He had been a young ambassador with Gary. Right. And he was also in my, in my one of my current acting classes. It was advanced acting where we right. did Chekhov and right. da-da-da-da-da. Right, da-da-da-da. right. And so what had happened was I went to see this and I was like, oh, there's that guy who's in my advanced acting class who was in Young Ambassadors with Gary. And his performance in this show is making me Wet. Wet. I am pooling. Yeah, lady, come. You were in my seat. You like had to put a towel <laughs> down on the seat. Right, I did, which I kept with me. Right for these for, moments. No, no, I. And so <clears throat> no one would. Did he play Jekyll and Hyde? Yes. Okay. And so, uh, I remember going to my acting class the next day and not being able to look at him. Oh, because your lady parts were still. A trembling, a trembling. And then guess what Barta Heiner did? Oh, okay. Who was the teacher in advanced acting. Right. She assigned a scene 
with me oh, and shit. said actor shit. from the seagull. Okay, which and is a she, checkoff. She ex- assigned it specifically because I told her that your lady be- parts. At the, no, oh. at the beginning of the semester, I said, "Here's, here's what I'm terrified of. I'm not terrified of anything but this, as far as acting. I'm terrified of having a kissing scene. Really? Because for me, kissing is so intimate. Yeah. And so, like, it's not intimate for anyone else. No. <laughs> And so she assigned it. I would kiss a whore on the street. So she assigned for no, it. For no money. With this guy. Right. I, After I'm, Jekyll and Hyde. I'm so excited for the break so I can ask you which guy it is because I think I know. You do know. In my brain I know. You know. And he was hot. Yes. He was hot. So the story is less about Jekyll and Hyde. Right. And about how. And more about how your coochie was when we, a trembling, a trembling. So when we had to rehearse the scene, when you rehearse a scene at the BYU. Uh-huh. You have to book a classroom. Right. You can't just find an empty space. Right. You have to go in and officially book it. Right. And it was so hard to do and line up with the, our schedules. Yeah. That I went to his house to rehearse. Oh. And your pussy was like, wah, 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 as you walked up. we get to the point where we start reading through the scene for the first time. Uh-huh. And he stops and he goes, I think this is where the kiss is supposed to be. And I was like, yeah, that's so fucking that's hot. pretty obvious to me, so too. So fucking hot. And he goes, we finished reading through it. And he goes, okay, let's get on our feet and read through it. Um, just kind of moving through some some blocking Is or he still hot or has he gotten ugly with oh, old well, age? Oh, well, we'll discuss that when I show okay. you pictures. So <laughs> I was like, okay. And so we get to the part again where, okay, this is where the kiss is supposed to be. And I'm like giggling. Right. And he's like. Because you've only kissed Gary the gay. No, I've kissed many, many, know, many, many, just... many, 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 many boys. <laughs> okay, teasing. so no, but not in a scene. For some right. reason, it was something I, something I couldn't wrap my right. head around. So he's like, "Okay, let's start over." We get to that point in the scene the third time, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Okay, let's just get this over with." And he puts down a script and grabs my face, mm, so romantic, and kisses me. Oh. Mm. And I knew that. Whoa, 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 I knew, whoa, whoa. That's is that your, my vulva? That's your vulva. I knew at that moment that I was in deep trouble. Yeah. And let's just put it this way the next week, we made out so much. Right. We both came inside of our clothes. Right. <laughs> multiple I, times. You. Okay, finish I'm and then I'll engaged, say my thought. I'm right. engaged right. to Gary, who's right. doing his internship in New York. Right. And he almost broke off the engagement because of it. But then we decided that it was Satan's influence. Oh, so, which is which is interesting because in Jekyll and Hyde, <laughs> Jekyll has a line where he says, or Hyde has a line where he says, with Satan here by my side. And Jekyll goes, no. So that feels apropos. You may have heard that on TikTok because it was so very popular on TikTok. And this particular guy, when I told him we had to stop mm-hmm. this, because, and the reason Gary found out is because I told him. Right. Because right. of guilt. Because of guilt. Because so, of shame. When I told him we had to stop this, it really hurt this guy. Yeah. Because he thought he was in love with me. Oh, yeah. As they usually do. He was in love with his boner. And I told him, You're not in love with me. This is Satan. I literally said those things. <laughs> What's your number three? Here, okay. Okay. <laughs> I have so many questions. I just, oh, this is all I want to say. It's so, still one of the hottest times of my life. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> when Sister Twain told me this story, 
about that they were coming inside their clothes. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh. Because I'm a gay. <laughs> and so when I was like on dates with girls, uh-huh. like even if we kind of kissed or made out or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Nobody was coming. Yeah. No. Well, we were grinding. We were, I was not doing that. That motherfucker had a rock in his pants. So. And I am I just grinding wanna, up. I want you gentle listeners to write in. This is a thing <laughs> where like in like your exploratory years, you're like making out with someone and they're like literally coming inside their pants. I'm fascinated. Uh, anyway. I think for Mormons, yeah. For Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Mormons. For people who are not having sex. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So my number three. So this is a shout out to our, uh, to our former guest, Henry B. Insum. Oh, I thought you were going to say Henry Cavill. No. We love Henry B. Insom. <laughs> so Henry B. Insom and I were friends in high school. He was the first gay person that I knew, other mm-hmm. than myself. Mm-hmm. But I had was not had not admitted that admitted that yet. Anyway, he was very into. And and I recognize this is not a '90s musical. This is a '70s musical. But I heard it. But in the, the 90s. experience yeah. you're going to share is he about was the 90s. very into <clears throat> Patti Lupone's Evita. Okay. She. She was the original Evita. I can just hear him. Oh, I can just hear uh, Henry's voice. Henry and Vian's we voice. listened to that musical so much. Like I, I had, I've never, I had never seen it. I knew nothing about it. Uh-huh. But I, I could probably sing every single line of that musical because yeah, yeah. I listened to it so much. Yeah. And I loved it, and it was so beautiful. And I love Patti Lapone. Anyway, I was straight. It was fine. I was God. totally straight, you guys. I was totally straight. <laughs> I loved Patti Lapone. Go up to a straight guy you know and say, do you love Patti Lapone?" And see if they say, <laughs> see if they say, who's Patti Lapone?" Because that's yeah. what they'll say. Right. Anyway. <laughs> so that was such the soundtrack of my junior year of high school. Yeah. <clears throat> and when, and recent, probably like in the last five years, Patti Lapone came, did a tour through Utah and performed at BYU in the Dion concert hall. Oh my god. And I went and saw her. Okay. And it was so delightful. I'm sure. So delightful of because it was this it was. it was this magical moment of like little closeted queer me oh. who was listening to cuz she sang a couple songs from Evita. So it was like this this like me, this like merger of like little closeted queer me and like adult out and proud me but at BYU where the abuse all happened oh, yeah. with an audience full of Mormons that were like so Mormon that it made Patty uncomfortable. Yeah. Like there's a moment in the show, <clears throat> I don't even remember specifically what it was, but there was a moment in the show where she like had a martini and like made jokes about the martini. At BYU? Yeah, but like I'm sure it's not really a martini because she's performing. It's probably just water, but it's oh, in like a martini glass. Okay, okay. But like the jokes just did not land because she was in a room full of uh, 70, 72 year old Mormons. Oh, anyway. God. Anyway, so my so that's my number three moment. It's pretty simple, but it's just the Patty Lapone Evita soundtrack from the night from this from I think it was nineteen seventy nine <sighs> when that musical premiered and she played Patty for or she played Evita for many years. So for anyway, those of you, her. Patty Lapone is probably the modern day queen of live theater. Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. For those of you who don't know, she was in five episodes of Pose. She does a voice in Steven Universe. I think people would know her from um what was that show called that had the Down syndrome kid in it? Oh, and she yeah. played the she mom was, she in was like in, the nineties. Or the Oh, oh, yeah. oh, 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 
His name is Corky. Oh, blah, dee. Oh, blah, yeah, yeah. Life goes on. Life goes on. And there was, and then her daughter was in love with a guy who had AIDS. Or oh, HIV. I don't, I don't remember and there that. There was this part. whole episode about how they decided they were going to have sex and use a condom. <gasps> and it I was don't a, remember oh, that. Yeah. Anyway. She was in a season of American Horror Story. Um, she's just, she's, a, she's like a legend. She really is. She really anyway, fucking is. she was the soundtrack of she my junior that, year of high school. She was in that one episode of Will and Grace where Will and Jack are in a coffee shop because they need to talk about their friendship. Something uh-huh. had happened. It, they were having a very vulnerable conversation. Right. And pa- they realized right off the bat that Patty Wapone is sitting at the table behind them. Uh-huh. But they're trying not to freak out, especially Jack. Right. Because this it's Patty discussion about their friendship needs to be more important. Right. But she keeps laughing. And Jack keeps getting distracted by her laughter because it's fucking Patty Lapone. And yeah. he finally turns around and goes, Shut up, Patty Lapone! <laughs> okay. I love it. Number, Number four. four. <laughs> <coughs> Number four. <clears throat> Back in the 90s, a musical about New York City and about single people. Uh-huh. About... The AIDS, HIV crisis. AIDS, the <laughs> HIV crisis. Poverty. <coughs> right. And, and, the, and artists. Right. Came out. And right. it was called Rent. Right. And the creator died of AIDS, didn't he? No, he just died. It oh, was not of AIDS. Oh, was it cancer? I don't, oh. I don't know, but I don't think it was of... I don't... I don't think it was a AIDS. Okay, cool. I'm glad I'm laughing about it. So, anyway, so this musical comes out, and every BYU theater student is conflicted. Right. Because it is brilliant. Right. It's fucking edgy. Right. And it is incredible. But it's it's about AIDS got and queer sex people. In it, yeah. And it's got queer people yeah. in it, and very unMormon things about it. Right. And I remember Sid Riggs, who is of the, the not the Eponine and my Ms. Riggs family, but Sid Riggs of the actual, like, that family Riggs, uh-huh. saying that on her trip to New York that year, which was 96, she was going to, quote unquote, boycott rent. Okay, good. Okay, yeah. Okay, good. Good, good, uh, good, good. good. <clears throat> God rest her soul. He died of an aortic dissection. Oh, fuck. Don't yeah, it was tell like, me yeah. Like that. Anyway, it was not oh, AIDS. Oh, Jesus, fuck. So, anyway. The day Rent debuted on Broadway. So, anyway. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a pretty big thing. Yeah. So, anyway, we were so conflicted, but Gary, my gay ex husband, and I are listening to Rent, right. the soundtrack. So, this is after you made out and came in your pants with the guy from Hen- from Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, yeah, after I'm engaged <clears throat> to Gary. So, now, are you married at this point? Gary has come home early from his internship okay, because right. I made out with the guy. Right, because he had to come home Heavenly early. Heavenly Father from- was and like, what? you need to get back together and strengthen these bonds. Gary blamed me for ending his internship early. For right. many, many years. Right, right, right. Um, so. <clears throat> if Gary had made out with that guy, he also would have come in his pants. Well, yeah. Is all I want to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you anyway. remember who it is now, don't you? I will have you to talk s- offline, okay. but okay. I'm 99% so, sure I know who it is. Anywho. <clears throat> you guys don't need to care about musicals to listen Gary, to this episode. you don't. Gary and I are engaged. He's come home early from his internship. Right. Because of Satan. Um, I am living in my apartment in Provo. And he has uh, come home early, and I don't remember where he's living. But anyway, we're trying to plan a wedding. Oh, God. 
And I am listening to the cassette of Rent. Right. As he works at First Security Bank, which is now Wells Fargo. Right. And I am in between classes and running errands and looking at wedding venues right. and trying to make decisions right. and listening to Rent nonstop. Which is Satan's music. Right. It says bisexuals, trisexuals, homo sapiens, carcinogens, right. and hallucinogens. <laughs> yeah. Which are all things Mormons hate. There's that line where he's like, I like boys. Yeah. Boys like me. And anyway, um, it was crack. I couldn't stop listening. There was one song I would skip through. One song, Glory? No. Oh, okay. It was the song between Irene and the other lesbian. What? Because, because yeah, the queer thing. Okay. I oh, because it was too queer. I Right. I, I oh, wouldn't. I was like, why would you skip that? That's such I, a good song. <laughs> what was funny. it? Take, take Me As I take Am? Take Me As I Am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And so. With Adina motherfucking Vizette. Did, 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 I know. Adele Dazim was who you were listening to. <laughs> and you were skipping. And Dina Menzel, who everyone knows is the voice of fucking boring Elsa. Fucking boring the fuck Elsa. Let's not, let's not besmirch anyway, on this podcast. So, um, when I was in New York, Gary and I discussed going to see it, but I couldn't bring myself to say did, yes. The spirit told you to say no. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I do want to point out... That during that trip, Gary's roommate was telling me, who also went to BYU but wasn't a theater major but knew many theater people, mm-hmm. a friend of his who had left BYU theater to go out to New York to try to be an actor uh-huh. was offered that role to originate oh. that role. Irene. Irene? Oh. Irene. And, and they said The no. Adina Menzel role. Yeah. And because the character was a lesbian, she turned it down. I I hope that person regrets every day of their life. They probably got I seven hope, children. I hope they wake up every morning and think, I could have fucking been Irene in the Broadway cast recording of Rent. Can you stand and I decided it? to marry this dentist from Draper <laughs> exactly. and have seven fucking children. That sounded better. Right. And just double checking. Maureen. <laughs> Oh, thank you. We would have had so many listeners writing in. Isn't it weird that their names are Justin and Justine? It's so weird. Why would their parents, Why would their do, parents that? do that to them? Okay, what's your number four? Oh, okay. That was a quick turn of events. Uh, so my number four. So we're back in New York. It's 1993. Okay. I was I'm on Tulsa, my trip. Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're watching Damn Yankees with Victor Garber and uh, B.B. God damn it. I somehow I knew, and I don't know how I knew this, but I knew there was a shower scene in Damn Yankees. There was like a locker room scene. Oh, right. Where they sang in the showers. Yeah. And there was a part where one guy dropped his towel and you could see his butt. Uh Uh-oh. I don't know how I knew that because it was like 1993. Like we barely had the internet then. Probably because it was one of those things that everyone talks about and it spreads like wildfire. So I knew this was happening. Okay. That I was going to see... A butt on stage. A live action butt. Which is so funny. It's just a butt. Yeah. Like it's someone's butt. Yeah, it's just a butt. I was so fucking thrilled. Yeah. I was so excited for that moment. And also at the time, 
in like 1993, there was a musical on Broadway called Passions. Do you remember oh, this? Oh, yes. And the I, dude I made out with was also in an MDT project, MDT project of that the oh, same semester. I would make out with that dude. I don't, re- I don't remember anything about Passions, except it was about a blonde lady with very curly hair and a man. And they like made out a lot and they were naked. Like, I think he showed his butt and maybe she showed her tits. Oh, I don't remember. Oh, naked man. Anyway, but it was, it was in the 90s. It was very <clears throat> scandalous that there was like this nudity on stage. Oh, give it to me. Anyway. Le- yeah. The idea... Because you guys, again, remember you guys, this was pre-internet. This was when... This was pre-cum. What I remember... <laughs> I remember the first time I looked at a pornographic image on the internet. And I literally remember it loading line by line. Like the yep. photo was like... As each line loaded. And then I was like... There's his face. There's, Ten minutes later, there's, there's his, his chest. chest. Ten minutes later, there's, there's his, his abs. I was just like counting down the moments <laughs> until we got below the belt. So but, then this, you, but then you go and there it is live action. Right. So there I am in a room with someone who's showing their butt. Mm. Changed my life. God. And, and Passions, which we did not go see because we were a bunch of high school kids and we should not have gone seen Passions, was playing at the same time. So there was another butt in another theater. Jesus. It was a it was a miracle. And but you didn't go see it. No, because I was with like I I don't think that my high school theater teacher who tried to do Godspell could have been like we're gonna go see this play about people having sex right. and there's nudity. Right. Were you disappointed? Do you remember being no, disappointed? No, but but I remember obsessively listening to the music to Passions, which I don't even think like no one talks about Passions. I don't think it was a particularly good musical. I don't think it was either. Like I don't it has had no longevity. There's never right. been like a relaunch as far as I know. Right. But I remember obsessively listening to the CD of Passions because I knew it was a, I knew in in that CD there was a point where that man showed his butt. Three questions. Yes. Mary Jo Coco and Dad Coco. Uh-huh. What are we going to call him? Uh, let's call him Dead Coco. Okay. He died. Oh my God. Which is funny because that Pixar movie Coco is about dead people. So, <clears throat> Dead Coco and Mary Jo Coco. Uh-huh. I can just picture your siblings listening to this. I know. And I'm calling your dad and, Dead Coco. And they're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That was harsh. We could call him Milton Coco. No, Dead okay, Coco's Dead fine. Okay, Dead Coco's much better. So, when you, before or after your New York trip, was there any discussion about seeing anything inappropriate? No, no, no. Why? Because they had no idea that that was even a possibility. Okay, so yeah. they didn't even, it no, didn't even it occur didn't even, to them. It didn't even cross their mind. Because that, like, Broadway to them was the Hollywood was, musical yeah, era. Was, yeah, was West Side Story, was... Which is pure and misogynistic right. and yeah, yeah, yeah. clean as a Grease, whistle. Grease, like all those really pure <laughs> shows. Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> okay, my second question, not question, but mention is uh, about live stage nudity. Uh-huh. We know now that Daniel Radcliffe is hung, right? He's hung like a motherfucker. Because he, he did is? that Equus show. Yeah, but I don't think he was, I think he's like average. Oh, okay. For some reason I was thinking he was... No. No. Slapping no, 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 the no. inner thigh. I think he's average. And anyway, what were you going to say? And then I'll tell you what That's I know it. about that. Oh. The other thing was when I went to New York two Decembers ago. Oh, no. Two Decembers ago. The December before COVID. Right. 
Has it been two Decembers? Here's the thing. Whenever you try to reference something that happened in the past and you're like, oh, it was last year. And then you're like, oh, wait, last year was COVID. It was two years ago. Two years ago. Like, it's very confusing. Oh, it's so confusing. Yes, trauma. So, uh, Jack and I went to see The Inheritance, which Uh was about a bunch of gay dudes. And there was cock and balls. And I remember having that moment of like, oh, my God. He's just standing there with his cock and his balls out. Yeah. And afterwards, mentioning it to Jack, going, so was that a moment for you where you're like I'm watching live theater and there's a guy's real dick and yeah and testicles and Jack was like no it was just kind of like whatever okay great that's it um okay so two thoughts okay I heard an interview with Daniel Radcliffe once where he said you know people are always asking me like oh my god like you have to be naked on stage every night like what if you started to get an erection like yeah. This has got to be so weird. And he was like, if I could start to get an erection and everything gets bigger, hell yeah. <laughs> like, hell to the yeah. Equus. So, so anyway. But I don't think he was, I think he's presentable, we'll okay. say. All right. Number two. <clears throat> when So Tisha and I, before we were married, Tisha, my straight ex-wife, yes. before we were married, went to London together and saw a bunch of theater. Mm-hmm. And we intentionally were trying to choose shows that had onstage nudity. Are you serious? A hundred percent. Oh my we were, god. We would like read the descriptions in like Time Out London. Oh my god. And we'd be like, this one sounds like it has nudity, right? Wow. We should go to this one. I don't know what to do with that. And like, and there was one that we for sure thought had nudity, and then we went to the theater and it was like we went on like a Monday and that show only played on like Tuesday, Wednesday, God Thursday. So we had to see a different show. Yeah. We literally went to a play called The History of Sex thinking it had nudity. It oh. had no nudity. Is that what the show's based on? The TV show? Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Anyway, we also saw, I think we saw Rent also because I had never seen it. And yeah. Les Mis because I had I never seen it. I eventually did see Rent. Yeah. Anyway, but we would intentionally choose shows that we thought would have onstage nudity. And I was straight. It was fine. That's, anyway, that's let's take a quick break. Quick one. Just gotta, a quick one. I just got to pee. It's really just going to be us pausing and then unpausing. And for you, no, not, for you, no time will pass. No. And then we're going to do our number five. It won't. Keep doing the dishes. They're doing the dishes? The listeners are. Okay. Yeah. Goodbye. You know what's great about this episode? What's that? It doesn't matter if you like musicals. Or if you know anything about them. This episode is still great. (laughs) We just want to make that fucking clear. We just want to be very specific. Okay, what's your number five? Top five 90s moments of musicals, musicals. musical moments. So, Sunset Boulevard. Oh, Jesus. In the 90s. Right. So, I didn't, I have never seen Sunset Boulevard on stage. No one has. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, our friend Bruce has. Oh. Because... His mother went to New York City once to do, like, a fashion internship. Uh-huh. And he went to visit her, and they went to see it. Okay, right. Anyway, yeah, his mom's, like, the bee's knees. Yeah, she is. Um, I would die for her. I know. Um, so, Sunset Boulevard. Right. So, after my gay ex-husband, Gary, was like, you can appreciate Miss Saigon without having seen it, although I did eventually see it. Mm-hmm. And then, after I realized I could appreciate the music of Les Mis... Right. So much. Right. Like crack. Even though I hadn't seen it. I listening to Rent, even right. though I hadn't seen it. You checked the CD out from Provo City Library. Decided, you put it in your discman. I it decided was, I was gonna give Sunset Boulevard a try. Right. 
It was on Broadway at the time with Glenn Close. Right. Naturally. Who played... Um, Norma Desmond. Norma Desmond. And Glenn Close, already in my book, was a goddess right. of acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will never forget once, probably, oh, 15, 20 years ago ish she was up against a golden globe uh, up against meryl street for a golden globe and she and meryl are friends yeah, yeah, and yeah. some people think they're the same person um <laughs> but um glenn won it and meryl didn't and also side note glenn close has never won an oscar yeah so anyway she wins this golden globe and the golden globes are so much more laid back than the oscars right they're all sitting and drinking and right, eating right, right. right? And she looks down at Meryl with the Golden Globe in her hand, and she's like, Meryl, I'm so sorry. Are we still friends? <laughs> it was it. just the most delightful moment. So I anyway, love it. I'm listening to Sunset Boulevard, right. and I am obsessed with this musical. Uh huh. And it was very earnest. As I was listening to it, I was also making out with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we didn't have it on in the background. Right. But in the same but, span of a few right. weeks yes. while you were driving around town. And so when I think about that time when I was making out with this guy. Right. While. He was coming in his pants. While. Um, allegedly. Closeted fiance. And by the way, I knew he was closeted. Sure, sure, sure. Um, was in New York. I'm listening to Sunset Boulevard and it's October. Uh-huh. And the colors on the mountains in Provo, yeah. it looks like Fruit Loops. It's that brilliant. It's quite pretty. It is amazing. And so I have this whole thing so romanticized. Um, that's it. That's kind of it. Just that, just that feeling of like yeah. sticky cum in his pants, <laughs> Fruit Loops on the mountains, Glenn Close yes. singing. I also think that we should take a moment to sing a line or two from each of our musicals. Okay. Do you want to do that now or after? I don't even remember what my musicals were. I do. Okay. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. Okay. So your number one my is number Miss Saigon. My number one was Miss Saigon. Okay. They are not nice. They're mostly nice. They, they swear like, like men. men. They, they screw like, like boys. No. Oh. They swear. You, thanks. Anyway. They swear like men. They screw like boys. <laughs> wow. I know there's nothing in their hearts. But every time I take one in my arms. If people haven't tuned out yet, okay, so, they're tuning out now. Anyway, so, so my first one was that's Damn a Yankees. Vietnamese prostitute singing about American GI. Right. Yeah. I've kind of already sang this, but my first one is Damn Yankees, where okay. he goes, and now your Joe has to go, and he'll be back with you someday, or something. My number two was Les Mis. Uh-huh. Um, at the end of the day, you're another day older. <laughs> and that's all you can say for the life of the poor. Why are we It's doing a struggle. This? It's a war. <laughs> was my number two um, Once on this once Island? On this island? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, let's, let's see. Oh, we dance to the music of the trees. Or I don't remember. <laughs> was Jekyll and Hyde. Okay. Can't sing a note from it. No. The, but there but is that can. line. There is that line where he says, Right here with Satan beside me. Yeah. No! It was <laughs> very popular on TikTok. Number My number three was Patti Lapone in Evita. Oh, maybe. Was that Evita? Don't cry for me, Argentina. 
The truth is, I never left you. Uh, Ava Perone called her followers the descamisados, which means the shirtless ones. I was very turned on by that fact. <laughs> what was your number four? My number four was rent. Okay. Take me, baby. No, not, I can't. Or leave, because you don't listen to that song. No, I didn't. That okay, how about this? One um, song, glory. Oh, oh, this one, this one, this one. Um. What's the time? Well, it's gotta be close to midnight. My body's talking to me and it says time for danger. My number Mimi four. Mimi was a, a provocative dancer. Stripper. My number four. Yeah, she danced at the Kit Kat Club. I wanna commit a crime. You didn't recognize her without the handcuffs. My number four <laughs> was Passion. I don't remember any of the lyrics okay, of right. Passion. All right. And then Your number, number five, five is Sunset Boulevard. I guess it was 5 a.m. A homicide had been reported. It sounded so crazy. Mansion on Sunset. I don't know that musical at all. It's so good. I'm literally going to listen to it on the way home. Tomorrow, every front page <laughs> is going to lead with the story. They'll say an old-time movie star is involved. So my number five. Some say the biggest star of all. My number five. Picture it. But before you read about it. Okay. I'm a young faggot <laughs> in New York City. Isn't that a travel In guide? 1993. Oh, that's the guy. We go to see Kiss of the Spider Woman. Oh my. Who was in it? Who was in it? Cheetah mother fucking she Rivera. Was not. No, she, she was 100% not. was. Oh. So Cheetah. <laughs> Cheetah Rivera. I just scared my cat. Cheetah Rivera originated the role of Anita on Broadway in West Side Story. Oh, yeah. Cheetah Rivera. I mean, she's a oh, legend. Okay, she, she might be an, even a notch above Patty. Yeah. Yeah. But she was playing the Spider Woman. But anyway, <clears throat> and there was, I think, like, literally at the time, I think she was in her 60s when I saw it. Could that be true? Is she in her 80s now, Cheetah Rivera? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, there, but she was, like, climbing the walls because she was a Spider Woman. Anyway, oh. so Kiss of the Spider. Kiss of the Spider Woman is, I don't remember exactly what it's about, but it's about two men that are being held prisoner. They're some sort of political prisoners. I can't remember the specifics. That's so hot. One of them is gay. Yes. And he is a window dresser. He was a window dresser before he was in prison. For like a department store? For like a department store. Yeah, yeah. And the other one is, I don't know, something else. And okay. they're, and the department, the, the window dresser guy is very attracted to the straight guy. Hey. So there's a moment in Kiss of the Spider Woman, there's a song called Anything for Him, okay. where basically the, the, the guy who's the window dresser is going to be let out of the prison, mm -hmm. and the other guy who's this other revolutionary is like, when you get out, you have to deliver this message to somebody. Mm -hmm. But, the, but like there that would come at great risk for him to deliver that message, because if he was caught, he would get back in prison, blah, blah, blah. So the guy, this is also problematic, but the guy realizes that if he, like, will have sex with the, with the window dresser, who's gay, yeah. that then he'll do this thing for him. Oh. So there's right. this song called Anything for Him. Oh, my God. Which is where he's like, if we touch before he goes, he'll make that call. Where he's singing about, like, if I fuck him, uh -huh. when he leaves, he'll do this thing I want him to do. Right. And in the background, Cheetah Rivera was like, soon you'll see it. Soon, <laughs> somehow. Well, anyway. What is the Spider Woman? It's, it's the guy kind of has these visions of this, like, 
it's like this vision of death, but it's also this vision of like joy and passion because she'll come and sing these like happy songs with him, oh. but also she wants to come and kill him. So like his Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Basically yeah. played by Cheetah Rivera. Oh my God. Anyway, and as I've said many times in this episode, the heart of a young faggot. Faggot. Listen, <laughs> listening to these two. And I think, I think, oh wait, I think in that show... We saw someone's butt too. Oh. Because I'm one so of them gets really sick and shits himself, and the other one has to like clean him up anyway. Oh my God! Because he gets like poisoned or something. I don't remember. So much suicide on Broadway. Anyway. Musicals. But like for a young faggot, yeah. I saw a butt. Yeah. Cheetah Rivera, even though I didn't know it at the time, yeah. was there fortifying you, my gay bones. Had no- <laughs> she was. She was the calcium to my gay bones. She was like your special K. Even though I didn't know. For special But K. she was there. She was like, listen, young faggot, I'm going to make you stronger. And then this love song between two men where the one was like, I'll do anything for him. He must know. Anyway, oh. I died a thousand gay deaths. And it was amazing. Can you believe I went to, I went to Broadway in the 90s and I saw Cheetah Rivera. No. Like Victor Garber. Victor Garber B.B. Newworth. B.B. fucking Newworth. Jesus Christ. I can't, I can't believe it. I can't. I also saw... Well, no one was in that. I saw She Loves Me, but it was before What's-His-Name was in it. Anyway, it's fine. Whatever. What's-His-Name. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. So anyway. Okay. Soon you'll see... That's a good musical. Well, let's wrap it up. I mean, I think what's great about this episode is it doesn't matter if you care about musicals. <laughs> This episode is and you know what? great no matter what. The ones who do care about musicals will be over the moon. I hope so. I hope so. Did you see the moon last night in Salt Lake City? No, I never leave it my was, house. Uh, <laughs> I don't look outside. It was as orange as a barbecue potato chip. Oh, beautiful. You know why? Why? Because of the Because fire. of the fires. <laughs> the fires in California. Yeah. Here's what I'll say about this episode. Okay. I hope yeah. that as you listened... Mm. You remember, you realized or remembered how earnest those musicals in the nineties were. There was nothing more serious than a musical in the nineties. They did not know they did not they took themselves very seriously. It was impassioned. Yeah. Well, Again, yes. If we were good podcast producers, well, we would have put some of the music in. Well as I, it is. I mm-hmm. Look them up on Apple Music or Spotify. How about or... this? While you tell the listeners all the th- important things yeah, yeah, they yeah. need to know as we tell them at the end of an episode, I will sing an impassioned, Great. emotionally driven Great. song from Sunset Boulevard. Great. Okay. Go ahead. So, I don't this know has been Hot I'm Drinks. Frightened. It's a podcast. I you can know subscribe on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, Spotify. We get no money no matter which. If you want to support us financially... Oh God, I love this song. You can go to patreon.com slash hot drinks and pay us money for gifts that we may or might not deliver each month. But I'm not in any hurry. You can email us at hotdrinksforthebelly at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at hot drinks. We might post things. We might not. The whispered conversation. Oh, I forgot this song. I love this song so much. Overcrowded hallway. Anyway, I fucking the love musicals so much. 
Yes, everything's as if together. We've never said goodbye. Remember those TikToks where that woman would talk to her little daughter and her daughter would be like, I freaking love bats. It's Halloween. I freaking love bats. That's how I feel about musicals. You don't know how. You've missed her. Missed her. Missed you. Missed the early morning madness and the whispered conversation. I don't know when to end it. Yes, everything's as if we never said goodbye. I don't want to be alone. You can end it whenever.